Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino, the communications specialist in Syracuse University's Office of Alumni Engagement. I'm also a 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a degree in broadcast journalism. I am so glad you found our podcast. Well, folks, today our guest is Charity Purchase, who works at the Huntington Family Center under Executive Director Mary Lou Sales, a fellow alumna of Syracuse University. They have a great story to tell about their work that they are doing, helping out people in need, especially children um, in the Syracuse community. Charity Purchase, a 2013 undergraduate degree holder from Syracuse Arts and Sciences and Maxwell, and she received her master's from Falk in 2019. Charity is a veteran uh, who focused on social work for her master's degree, and she interned at what is now the Huntington Family Center while she was here at Syracuse. Charity, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and making the time to talk about your Orange success story. Thank you for having me. I know um, people go to Syracuse for all different reasons. You obtained both your undergraduate and your master's degree, so you must have enjoyed the Syracuse experience the first time around to want to make you come back for for your master's. Uh, Describe for us both your undergraduate experiences with poli-sci and sociology and then why you wanted to stay on campus to earn your master's degree in social work. Sure. So number one, I bleed orange. I've been from Syracuse my whole life. I'm born and raised here. Um, For me, there was no other option other than SU. Um, SU has always been a place where I always wanted to go. Um, My undergrad, I was a non-traditional student. I was um, a little bit older when I, in my 30s actually, when I was doing my undergrad and my graduate degree. It was a little bit tough working full-time and going to school full-time, but through my master's degree, I was working full-time for the Department of Public Safety at Syracuse University, so um, I did get some remitted tuition to help with that. You mentioned being a non-traditional student, uh, was, and you're also a military uh, veteran as well. What branch did you serve in? I was in the Army National Guard. Um, I unfortunately fractured my hip when I was in officer candidacy school, so um, I wasn't able to do my full career in the, in the military. And was that stint in the military, that was before your undergraduate days here at Syracuse? That was between my undergraduate and my graduate. So that was after my bachelor's. Interesting. I know that there's, not to stereotype anybody in the military because people take different paths to get to where they want to go. But a lot of times, you know, it seems like you would do the military service and then go to school and earn that degree. How did you, how did this come to be that you went from getting your undergraduates and then going into the military before your master's? Well, that's a loaded question. Um, There was a lot involved, but specifically um, after I graduated with my undergrad, I really wanted to do my best to help here in the States, which is why I joined the National Guard instead of the regular army. Um, As you know, the National Guard helps when we have natural disasters, when we have terrible weather and things happen here here on our soil, and that was something I really wanted to be a part of. You cannot be an officer in the Army or the National Guard unless you have at least a bachelor's degree, which is one of the reasons why I held off and waited. I just knew something that was something that was my calling. So have you had this calling from an early age to want to give back and help, obviously joining the National Guard, you know, service-based and making a difference in your community, and your work with the Huntington Family Center is all about giving back and serving others. Where did this desire to want to help others come from? Well, my family is a military family, so that desire was always something that was in me um, from a very young age. And then as far as giving back and loving people and helping people, 
everybody always said my mother named me correct. That charity was my name. It's just a passion that I've always had. I like that, putting two and two together, that your mother had a, a great vision for, for your future endeavors of, of giving back and serving others. And now let's go into your Syracuse story. So political science, sociology, the Maxwell School and Arts and Science is very respected for the differences they can make in, in students' lives. What did you gain from your time on the Hill studying polyscience, studying sociology that have really played a key role in your current work with the Huntington Family Center? Primarily, I would say um, honing in the skills of research, being able to research, being able to research um, not just policy, but grant opportunities, um, being able to understand studies of our neighborhood, um, specifically studies on poverty and and what works in, in helping people out of desperate situations. I think that absolutely um, was the underpinning for also why I chose social work. Everything really does seem to, to tie back. Again, we talked about the desire to do good and, and improve your community. I don't know if a lot of people listening to the podcast are quite aware, before we go further down the road with their interview, of the Huntington Family Center and the vast resources and differences that you guys make in the lives of at-risk citizens and youths in the Syracuse area. So describe a little bit about what Huntington is all about and your mission of, of how you serve people. So Huntington is a community center here on Gifford Street in the west side of Syracuse, which is one of the highest poverty stricken areas in really not just New York, but all of the United States. Um, I'm specifically involved in emergency services. We have a food pantry um, and diaper services and a used clothing closet here that we provide for anybody, not just on the west side, but anybody in the city of Syracuse or anybody in need. Um, we have celebrated our 100-year anniversary here, so we really have been a resource here in this community that, that many people have been coming here for generations. Um, we also have counseling service here. We have a preschool here for, for underprivileged children. We have um, hope visitation, which is um, supervised visitation for children that are involved in the foster care system. Um, we have focus on the family and a half stop. Um, HACCP programs, which are therapeutic um, programs for children involved with, with the um, CPS and other programs. Um, we also have a family support network, which provides education for people that need um, education about families and parenting and, and raising children. Um, we also provide um, resources um, and give out resources about other opportunities and resources that are in the community also for people in need and and also, we're just here as, as a friendly voice and to give love whenever it's needed. It's, it's really refreshing to hear because I know there, there's been a lot, and we'll get into the coronavirus and the impact that the pandemic has, has had on people that had a very razor thin margin line to begin with for survival and, and, and taking care of their families. But, you know, with, with Huntington and these emergency services, what types of partnerships does Huntington Family Center have with the community to make sure that if someone needs help feeding their family or getting diapers, these essential services, how do you make that happen? So anybody is allowed to come here every Monday and Friday from nine to noon to receive food in our food pantry. We are indiscriminate. Um, we do typically ask that you bring at least identification for you and those in your family um, so that everybody can be served. We are a partnership with the CNY Food Bank. Everybody is served according to their point system. We give you enough food to supply you with meals for you and everyone in your family for three days. It is an every 30-day service. Um, however, if there are emergency circumstances, we don't turn people away. 
Um, our diaper distribution is on Wednesdays from nine to noon. And of course, that is the same, same thing. We ask that you bring identification for, for the babies. We are a partnership with the CNY Diaper Bank, which is where we get our diapers from. We also collect private, private donations as well. Um, but you don't have to be somebody that lives just here on the west side. We serve anybody who comes. A person in need is a person in need. That is our motto. How would you describe the scope of how wide-reaching the impact your Huntington Family Center has on this city and this community? How many people do you serve? How can you quantify the impact being made in the community? So before COVID, I could say that our numbers were served. We would probably serve about maybe 5,000 meals a month, um, depending on how many people came to our, came to our um, food pantry. For, for diapers, we go through about 5,000 diapers a month, um, depending on how many people come. But with COVID, people have been um, stricken more, obviously, and we relaxed our, we relaxed our um, where you could come every time we had a service instead of coming every 30 days. So we were serving over 10,000 meals a month in our, in our pantry. So I would say that's serving a lot of people. That's feeding a lot of people. Um, I don't have the actual numbers here in front of me, but I can tell you that our numbers tripled during the COVID, during COVID times. We've never, you know, very, very few of us were alive, <laughs> if any, during the Spanish influence outbreak of 1918. This is uncharted territory. You know, I'm always impressed, and it's unfortunate that it seems to come during tragedy and adversity, but how the community does seem to rally tighter around each other during these adverse times. How, how have you seen the community responding you know, to COVID-19, and how have they been able to maybe make a difference with the family center, or maybe that pre, have you seen people volunteering more? Have you seen people trying to open up their, their wallets and help out the generosity? Because I feel like if average people are struggling, those that are right on the fence of being below the poverty line, it's even more tenuous their situation trying to survive right now. Well, unfortunately, as far as volunteers are concerned, we we shut down our community center for any other programs other than emergency services. And we were very strict about not allowing anybody in the building. So we weren't allowed to be able to take any volunteers necessarily, but as far as hygiene products are concerned and toilet paper, feminine products, we had an outpouring of donations, which was wonderful because there were so many people that needed them. Of course, you know, there was panic buying. There was a lot of panic buying when this first happened back in March. Um, so people, especially people that were poverty stricken, had a very hard time locating resources for any kind of high hygiene product. So it was even more important to us that we had them here in our facility to be able to offer them during our pantry services. And we got so many donations. I still have some. We're still able to give out, thank, thank the Lord, we're still able to give out some toilet paper and feminine products, condoms, things that, things that people really need that are important in our community that were unavailable to them and local resources. If, if people are listening to the podcast and, and hopefully we have a good drawing with our alumni network and they want to make a, a contribution, they want to donate some of these essential items, what is the best method for an alum to want to give back and, and support the efforts? 
So anybody can call me anytime. My cell phone number is 680-214-5457. Call me, text me. I will come and pick them up. I will set up an arrangement for you to be able to come drop them off at our facility. You can also call our agency, 315-457-5157. Anything that we can do to arrange a pickup, we will do. We also take monetary donations. Monetary donations are usually the best because then we can actually go out and purchase items that we need. And I commend you, Charity, for the work that you and your colleagues are doing and making a difference for people that really you know, could use this help. How, do you, how does the Huntington Family Center try to go about offering their services with dignity for the recipient? So it's not just a charitable effort, but you're respecting the fact that these are people that nobody wants to be down on their luck. Nobody wants to need someone to help them get through their plate, but how do you kind of maintain that dignity when trying to offer the help? We really try to build relationships with our clients and everyone who comes here. Um, most of the people that have been coming here to the food pantry and also use our other services have been coming here for a very long time. They know our staff, we know them. They, they are more like friends and family than clients. It, building rapport and establishing relationships and just really being a presence here and showing love is the absolute number one highest priority we have. When you talk about the number one priorities, you know, you guys found a way to keep everything still running during the pandemic. Uh, how much of a Herculean effort did it take to keep, especially for the food pantry and, and the diapers? The pandemic doesn't discriminate. If you're needing supplies before, you're going to be in even more of a dire need afterwards. So what efforts did it take to keep your food pantry, to keep the diaper services running during this uncertain, crazy time we're living in? I'm going to tell you, we have a stellar management team here that was able from right off the bat to establish a no contact process. So we were able to, we set up a, a phone process where you could call and schedule a pre-order or we still served people that showed up. Unfortunately, they have to wait outside. We still have to have them wait outside. We cannot let them into our facility. However, we are able to speak, speak to them through the doors and through an intercom system. We're still able to get them food and any, anything else that they're requesting or that they need that we have here in our facility. And we've still been able to, to keep, it, keep it running the whole time, um, but still keep our employees and of course our clients that are coming to be served safe. You know, you're celebrating the 100 year anniversary of, and it's unbelievable the, the impact you guys have made in the community over the first century. Ironically, 100 years ago plus was the 1918 Spanish influenza, the last pandemic that really reached the scope that COVID has. Um, but you mentioned the community support and you mentioned the fact that people, you're still going to keep operating, still going to keep finding a way to serve the needs of these citizens who, who, who really need them. You yourself, you interned uh, here with Huntington when you were at Syracuse. So this must have been a spark that was ignited early on um, the connection. What was it about Huntington that appealed to you when you were a student that made you want to give your life to this effort? Even though I did most of my internship at the Center for Community Alternatives, the portion that I did do here at Huntington was primarily in the food pantry. And what I love the most are the clients that come. I just, I, they're like my family. I, I, I just love them. They're, they're wonderful people. They're, they're such a diversity of people. They all have amazing stories. Um, they just really touched my heart and, and I couldn't walk away from them.
So when Mary Lou offered me a position, I of course immediately said yes. There was no, I didn't even care. I didn't even care what monetary number she was offering me. I said yes before I even knew what that was. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Mary Lou Sales because she is the executive director of the Huntington Family Center. She's also a proud alumna of Syracuse. What lessons did you kind of learn working under Mary Lou? What kind of impact has she had on your career? We don't even have time to even start that. I learn something new from Mary Lou every day. And you want to talk about somebody who actually cares? Mary Lou is a person who actually cares. Every single day, she gives 110% because she cares about this community. She cares about this organization. She cares about her employees. And she is someone that I will look up to for the rest of my life. Are there some tangible, I know we don't have enough time to go into all the different ways she's made a difference in your life, but any stories you want to share in particular where you know, you, you hear the title executive director, but I guarantee you she's somebody who is, that nothing is beneath her. You know, I've heard some, I've read some stories of her online where the charitable efforts that she wants to make to make this community better, it's not about the title, it's about the impact she's having on the community. So what stories can you share for us about just how you've become a, a better leader, a better expert in social work, and how the citizens of Syracuse, you know, benefit from working with, uh, with Mary Lou? So I would have to say that my favorite thing about working with Mary Lou and learning experience working with her is that when we get a delivery in from the food pantry, which by the way is throwing freight and uh, is a pretty physical, demanding, not very glamorous job, she is there helping. She, she is in the ranks. Um, during the whole process of COVID, during, during the whole serving in the pantry of COVID, she was here helping us serve almost every single day. Um, she is somebody that is involved. She doesn't work just behind the scenes, even though she does do a lot behind the scenes. Um, she is not just a face. She, she is a very hard worker, and, and she's here in the ranks every day. Getting your hands dirty, being a part of no task is beneath you. That's a lesson that we really want to teach our students here at Syracuse as well. And I know there's a strong history of partnership between Huntington and the Falk College. What, what are some examples that you've seen of these partnerships between the students who aspire to get into this field and the real world skills they can learn from Huntington? How is this a beneficial relationship for both parties? Not just for Huntington, but for all of our partners that take interns from Falk College, I can tell you there is a very high employment rate. Um, a lot of interns always have the option of being offered a position at the places where they intern if they are successful. And learning the engagement. So you can, you can learn a lot from books, you can read a lot from books, you can learn a lot of technical things from books, but until you're actually working with clients and having that actual engagement and building relationships and actually working with people, you don't understand what social work is all about. And, and I think that that is something that not just Huntington, but every single facility and community partner that has with Falk College that take interns have. How about you, Charity? Is there, is there a story that you've got of where you go from being book smart to you really gain your education in, in the way that social work actually goes down and operates? Because again, you mentioned it, you can read in the textbooks all you want, but until you're actually engaged, you really don't know what you're doing. I think that my biggest aha moment was actually when I was doing my placement at Child Protective Services. Being in the field in Child Protective Services and actually doing home visits, that's when it really occurred to me that, you know what, I had no idea really what these people do, how other people live, 
it's, it's a lot different than you can possibly imagine. Um, and, and I think that was my biggest aha moment. Um, that's when I really, that's when I really knew that I chose the right field and that working with people is what I was supposed to do. So when I came here at Huntington and when I started working here, we're a family here. All of the employees are a family. Um, we love everybody in this neighborhood, all of our clients that come here. So I just, when I started working here, when I started not just my internship, but really started working here on an everyday basis, I just knew I belonged. And, and that's something that you just, you don't understand until you feel it, until you get there. With the reliance that Huntington has on, you know, being a community organization and being a not-for-profit, what advice would you give to try to get people who want to have more of that angle when it comes to organizing in their communities and working in a not-for-profit? What other words of wisdom do you have for them? If you are going to be getting into community organizing or if you're going to be working for a not-for-profit, specifically if you want to get into social work, um, one thing I would say you should definitely concentrate on is grant funding and grant opportunities and resource opportunities. Um, that is something that I wish I had done more of, um, not just during my undergrad, but during my, my time at, at Folk College. Thank goodness I was able to take a couple classes to learn a little bit about that in Folk College um, because that that is primarily where most of our funding comes from, um, specifically United Way, the CNY Food Bank, the Department of Agriculture. We, we really, really um, depend on all of our grants that we get. If we didn't have our grants, we wouldn't be here. So grant funding is a huge, huge aspect of social work and community organizing to concentrate on. And now I understand, Charity, coming up this fall, I believe that there's going to be, um, you're going to have an intern, uh, somebody from Falk who's going to be working directly with you. That's going to be a really cool opportunity to, will this be your first intern that you've had working directly underneath you? Um, I have had a couple interns from SRC, not specifically from Falk. This will be my first Falk intern, my first master level student intern, yeah. Um, but I have had some undergraduate and high school level interns previously. What is that experience like of trying to pay it forward? You know, we all, we all get our break in life from somebody who usually takes a chance on you. They give you an opportunity. It's up to you to kind of seize that moment and run with it. And now you're going to have this chance to mentor and mold somebody, you know, from Falk. You've, you said you've had mentors before and, and people have come to the program, but what does that relationship do to you knowing that you're having an impact on that future generation of social workers? Really, it's a privilege. It's a privilege and an honor. And I hope that I am able to have as much of an impact and help them grow as much as my mentors, such as Mary Lou did. One of the cool things about being an alum of Syracuse, you mentioned it earlier on about you bleed orange and the orange network is so strong, whether it's your time, your talents or your treasures, we really take care of our own and try to provide opportunities to, to get to where people wanna go with their careers. With the mentorship program, it's so important to find somebody you can identify with and a bad mentorship, bad internship can deter you from getting into that field. So I think it's commendable that you want to take these aspiring people who want to get into social work under their wing and, and try to advance their career. What advice do you typically give someone who's coming in for an internship or is looking for a mentee? What kind of, what advice do you give them about getting started and how to further their careers? My number one advice would be to be your own advocate. 
Um, no matter what kind of relationship or rapport that you build with your mentor or your, your field liaison, to make sure that you are always looking out for your best interests and making sure that, that you cover all the roads and aspects that you want to cover yourself. Um, nobody knows what you want out of this internship except for yourself. So being your own advocate is the number one most important. And you mentioned uh, earlier on during this interview about, you know, the only choice for you for school really was Syracuse. Why, why was that? What was it about the Hill and coming and being an Orange student and then an Orange alum that really appealed to you? Well, other than Bleeding Orange, <laughs> the political science department, um, the, the political science People are very high respected and revered, and I knew that that, that was for me. There, there were no other options for me. That, that was exactly what I wanted and what I always wanted. When you look back on your time here at Syracuse as a student, both undergraduate and, and master's level, uh, what are some of the, the biggest lessons that you've, you've learned that have really benefited you when it comes to your career in social work? Never judge a book by a cover. Always put in the hard work. Those are... Those are the two biggest, biggest things that I would say that I took home with me from Syracuse University going onward in my career. And again, if you want to find out more information about Huntington Family Centers and the big differences that they're making in the lives of citizens here in Syracuse, the website is HuntingtonFamilyCenters.org. We've had the privilege and the pleasure of talking with Charity Purchase, a 2013 undergraduate degree holder from Syracuse arts and sciences, and Maxwell, and she received her master's from Falk in 2019. Charity, thank you so much for your time. We wish you nothing but the best, and please keep up the great work serving these at-risk citizens. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the CUSE Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast. <laughs>